And being a young coach, you have to make yourself different. And I just thought about it. I was like, well, I don't have the big level internships. I don't have, you know, the big experiences that other coaches have. What can I do to make myself different? So I came up with this idea of having the blog. And the blog was supposed to be the Conjica Chats and where I got my thoughts out and where I interview guests and I write a blog about them and that's so Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats podcast with your host. Well, wait a minute. Uh, this is not the voice you're used to. Uh, that's right. I'm doing a takeover today. So normally you are hearing our great host here at Conjugate Chats voice, John Mark Raspberry. But today we're going to flip the script. I'm going to put him on the other side of the microphone and I'm going to be the host of the Conjugate Chats. It's really my honor here to be the host. My name is Mike Cunningham. I host several other podcasts out there and just love to uplift and honor what people are doing in the field of strength and conditioning and track and field and sports in general. And when I found John Mark here, uh, I became an instant fan, just like you are right here listening. I know you're a fan of his as well. So help me welcome the host. Well, the normal host of Conjugate Chats. Help me welcome Mr. John Mark Raspberry. John Mark, how are you, sir? I'm good, Mike. How about you? You know, uh, I am going to sit here for the next hour and learn a lot more about you. So I am doing fantastic. You're the one who's going to be getting grilled. I've heard you interview some amazing strength and conditioning coaches, and you you grill them sometimes. You you ask the questions that people are really wanting to know out there. So now I get to flip the script on you and, and ask questions that I think people have been wanting to know about you, my friend. Well, it's an honor and uh, a privilege to have you on the Conjugate Chats and uh, being the guest host for today. Um, it's really awesome. And uh, I'm looking forward to this episode and people getting to listen in on this. So awesome. Well, I'm happy that you are on the conjugate chats, my friend. Remember, you're the guest today. I'm the host. We're doing this takeover right now. So JM, let's get started here. Um, you know, let's kind of get maybe get back in our way back machine here. Where does uh, what's your background here in athletics and uh, just in general of just sports and where your love of strength and conditioning kind of maybe started where that fire start? Sure. And it's all started back roughly when I started athletics. So Played football for almost 13 years. Um, played high school football, played collegiate football. I played high school football at a small town school up in Illinois called Metamore Township High School. Um, played center. There was an all-conference, all-regional center at 190 pounds. Um, for office alignment standpoint, I mean, that's that's pretty, pretty light. So to be an all-conference and all-area uh, selection was was huge for me at the time and um, we went to the playoffs my senior year after coming off a four and five year and I was I was thrilled to you know go in the playoffs and go the second round and we in, we eventually played a team that uh, went to the semifinals and got beat by the state champions so I mean it was really really cool to experience that so that high of high school football Went on to college. I went to a very small liberal arts college called Eureka College. Um, I was a Red Devil for three years uh, until about my junior year. I got hurt. I tore uh, my hamstring. So I had went through like rehab process and went through athletic training. And at the time, I was studying kinesiology, athletic training. And um, around that same time period, I also had a chance to intern at my alma mater. 
So I got to learn the strength and conditioning side of um, athletic performance, and I got to learn the athletic training side and the rehab side of athletic performance as well, almost at the same time. So it was pretty cool to learn both things at once. Um, but eventually I got a job at a physical therapy place called Athletico before I graduated. And I worked there for about a year. Uh, I didn't play my senior year of football because I wanted to go into physical therapy because of that reasoning. So I worked there for about a year until May of 2019. I graduated. I moved down here to Tennessee and I began my teaching career um, when I met my wife. At the time, my wife, our girlfriend, you know, I was proposed there at the time, but um, I went into teaching in the last two or three years, have been coaching football, working the weight room, and uh, teaching. So, yeah, that's a very short bit about how that all got started. Yeah, a lot to unpack there, John Mark. I, I'm kind of astounded at how much you and I actually have uh, a little bit in common. So, first of all, I'm in Illinois. I'm in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, so I absolutely know Metamora in Eureka College, 100%. Uh, two, I'm from Alabama. That's where I played high school ball uh, and was also an offensive lineman. I was a starter, one-year right guard and one-year center. Uh, and, you know, you were light at 190. I was light at 170. And so, so I didn't even get a chance to go on to a Eureka school at all. But I'm curious. Uh, I remember my experience playing against some really good football players, some defensive line and linebackers that end up going. One went to University of South Carolina, et cetera. And I remember being that 170-pound offensive lineman, and I was easily the smallest offensive lineman that we had. And some of the struggles that I had to go through from the defensive side, you know, some of the uh, making fun of and, you know, oh, you should be killing that kid. How did that, if you experienced that, how did that shape, now that you can look back on it, you have perspective, how did that shape how you kind of go towards whether it was playing college football or even now in your career as a coach? It always kind of taught me to kind of be ahead of the game almost. You know, you have to be one step ahead. I was 190 pounds playing high school football as a center. I mean, I had to stay one step ahead. I, I had to know my assignment from left to right, from left tackle to right tackle. I had no people around me assignment. So not only that I had to improve my own skill set, but I had to know the skill set of the people around me. And, I mean, that's something that I had to carry in into teaching. I had to carry it into the weight room. That's something I got to carry in into when I deal with athletes every single day. Because I gotta know their skill set. I I gotta understand, especially being in track, which you know you and I are heavily influenced by. But like you know, if I see a girl that's not fast, I'm not signing her up for the 100. That makes absolutely no sense. You know, maybe she has something a, a different skill set. Maybe she could be a thrower. Maybe she maybe she can be a high jump. You know, it depends. But it allows me to know the people around me. And I think starting there at a very young age, you know, 16, 17 years old, learning these skill sets has trickled in into now my professional life. I love that. That's, that's really, uh, you paint a great picture there of being one step ahead. I, I love that. I bet that's going to be a theme for you in your career and as we get into the podcast here as well. As you started, when you graduated Metamore and you started looking at schools and you started looking at Eureka, what were you thinking as an 18-year-old? What were you thinking your career might be? So kind of that theme of one step ahead, uh, my senior year of high school, I took a class called anatomy physiology mm -hmm. because originally I wanted to go into teaching and then I switched at a later time. We'll, we'll get into that, but like 
in high school, I was like, you know what? Even if I go into teaching, I like to have a backup plan. I like to be one step ahead. Maybe I can learn some stuff in anatomy physiology that will help me later on, whether that's coaching, strength and conditioning, personal training, whatever. So that's what I did. And then when I went into Eureka, um, my original major was secondary ed with mathematics major, and it was going to be a double major. Wow. And so um, I got to thinking about it, and you know, I was like, I really like being in athletics. So I switched to kinesiology. Now, there's two emphasis in kinesiology at Eureka College. There was athletic training, and then there was exercise science. Mm -hmm. And being the freshman that I was, I didn't understand the difference between the two. So um, I told the people that were at the front office that, you know, I want to deal with athletes. I wanted to work with athletes. They said, OK, we're going to stick you with the athletic training mm -hmm. background and me not knowing what that meant. I didn't understand it was, you know, the rehab side dealing with sports injuries and stuff like that. So I, it didn't happen. It didn't click until I took my first 200 level class as freshman. Didn't have a 100 level entry level to kinesiology or nothing like that. They stuck me in the principles of athletic training, and I learned everything from that class. So, yep. Wow. That's quite amazing. A lot of people would have sunk right there, <laughs> and you rose to the occasion uh, there. I knew as soon as you were talking about exercise science and athletic training, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. When you said you wanted to work with athletes, they couldn't envision like, oh, yeah, you know, coaching athletes versus supporting athletes in an athletic training role. Uh, our similarities have gone completely away because you are also going to major in mathematics and I'm from Alabama. I, I'm not very good at mathematics at all. So uh, uh, we've definitely diverged there as well. So you go into Eureka, you're, uh, they stick you in athletic training, uh, thinking that's what you wanted to do. You know, they were, they were advising as, as well as they could. Uh, how did the uh, education part play with the athletic part because you know any athletics is a, a pretty time consuming uh, no matter what division no matter what sport football always seems to be more time consuming uh, how did you handle uh, that balance of athletics and academics so as a freshman coming in into um, Eureka College everyone is required to have study hours and now I don't remember that was almost well, that was 2015. That's almost eight years ago. I, I don't remember, um, you know, past that point. But I remember we had study hours. We had specific hours where we had to meet every single week. And if you didn't, then I think the coach of that sport took care of you separately. <laughs> uh, if you met those requirements, whatever. And they looked at your GPA the following semester. So fall 2015, they looked at that GPA for the spring of 2016. If you had the GPA requirement, which was a 3.0, then you were off study hours. Um, so that's kind of how I kind of transitioned into that aspect of it. Um, you know, going from a high school kid, going to college, playing football, um, that kind of kept me in track with some things. I also lived at home at the time, and Eureka was only like 30 minutes away from, so I commuted for the first two years. Mm -hmm. So I also had my parents at home that kind of stuck around with me and said, hey, you probably need to get some stuff done and, you know, um, big shout out to them because they probably helped me begin my college career. But uh, definitely I, I finished my own college career there. Um, but, yeah, it was really cool. Um, but, yeah, that's it. 
That's awesome. So you mentioned when you first were going into Eureka, you were uh, working on secondary education and mathematics. So you, you were going to be a teacher. It kind of seems like it was a, uh, a passion from the get-go. Where does that come from? You mentioned your awesome parents. Are any of them teachers? Or were there any teachers in high school that were like um, big mentors for you? Like, oh man, they, this person really affected my life. So I want to go become a teacher and do what they did. Where, where does that come from for you? So basically, it started off really early in my life. Uh, my grandmother was very strict with me with academics. Like in the summer, she had me read like four or five books. <laughs> I, I had to show my report cards, even from like first grade to the day that I graduated high school. Like I had to show her my grades every single time. And I mean, it was just a standard of excellence. My mom never went to college. My dad is an engineer, so they kind of balanced out one another. You know, there were some things that, you know, I took way too seriously. And there's some things I took way not too seriously when we talk about academics. Um, so the that standard of excellence has always kind of been there. But also at Metamora, I had incredible teachers. Um, I don't know if anyone knows this or not, but uh, I grew up in Tennessee. So I, I'm not originally from Illinois. I moved up to Illinois when I was 14 in eighth grade. Um, and then what I realized was that, um, they, the academic courses, the education in Tennessee was a year behind in Illinois compared to Illinois. Mm -hmm. So I came in eighth grade and I remember this distinctly. I had to learn the periodic table in my science class because I, I just got finished with biology and seventh grade in Tennessee. And everyone in Illinois, the kid, my classmates were a year ahead. So um, I had to stay after school and like learn those things. Uh, I had learned the periodic table, how the balance equations and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I had great teachers that stuck around after school, you know, passed their contract hours, which I understand now, and <laughs> taught me those things. And I mean, it's just something they didn't have to do, but they did. And then when I went to high school, it was the same message. You know, I was always kind of like one step behind in academics. So I had to work harder just to be average. And I mean, from football to the classroom, it, I mean, I had to work harder than most people mm -hmm. had to do it. You know, some people just have photographed memory and were, you know, can, you know, spit out information. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't mm -hmm. fake it till I make it in school. So, um, I mean, I think that that was such a huge influence. And every one of my coaches were obviously teachers. They didn't teach like PE or anything like that. They taught physics. They taught chemistry. They taught uh, trigonometry. They taught calculus. So like it wasn't just like oh well I see my coach uh, you know PE is like they're teaching me stuff and then when I go to football they're still teaching me football you know like it it is crazy but I think that's a huge influence on like why I want to go to education and be a coach and everything like that. So you mentioned some great high schoolers. You mentioned your grandma. What a, I mean, what a positive influence grandma had, not just, uh, Hey, here's a lollipop. Grandma was cracking the whip. Like we're going to read over the summer, my friend. <laughs> I love that. As you think about growing up and through Eureka and now post Eureka, even into your career now, who are some, um, influencers or positive impacts. I'm a big shout out person. So like, who can we shout out that like, oh man, uh, this teacher or this coach or this um, uh, strength and conditioning person, who are some people that have really impacted your life? Man, I, I could 
I could probably shout out probably about a hundred people that have really influenced me, but I'm not going uh, anywhere. I, Where are you going? Let's go. I'll do a hundred. <laughs> but I, I'll shout out a few. So I really gotta give props to my old high school football coach and my offensive line coach because those were the two that really believed in me. Um, especially being undersized and you know, I wasn't very strong in the weight room. And not now it's kind of weird being the strength coach and not being yeah. very strong. Um, but they saw something in me because I was coming back from wrestling. I also wrestled while I was in high school. Okay. So I wrestled 170 my sophomore year going into my junior year for football. And that was when I got my first varsity start was in my junior year. Um, so I got back from wrestling, which was probably about mid-March, roughly, I think, at the time. And uh, my offensive line coach threw me a football and said, you got six months to learn how to snap before your first game. And so – um, I was like, okay, you know, 170, 180 pounds. I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this thing. Let's do it. So, uh, big shout out to them. I, I really got to give props to them. That, that kind of sparked the fire underneath me, um, football wise and, uh, talking about strength conditioning wise. First off, I got to shout out my first ever strength coach ever in college, Mr. Matt Fred. He's really the one that showed me that this could be a career and this is an option for people like me that really love the athletic performance side of things. So I really, I, I, I got a shout out to him because he's, he, he's the one that sparked that interest in me. And, you know, now seven years, six years later, I'm still got, got that same interest. Um, coaches that influence me in strength conditioning now, obviously Cody Hughes is a big one. Um, I really do look up to him. He's really been a, uh, almost a mentor to me. You know, he's really helped me out. He's shared information. He's really, he's really gone out of his way to, to really help me personally. So it's, I had to shout him out. Um, I have a small group of coaches right now that um, they have kind of brought me in and we got a big group chat right now. So people like Ethan Crawford, uh, Kyle Jasek, Dan Mullins. Um, who else? Christian Van Buren. I mean, I would leave someone out, but you know, those are some of the guys that like have really brought in and helped me really grow as a person and as a coach. Whether that's strength and conditioning, whether it's just being a person or a man. I mean, they've they've really done. Uh, they've really uh, pushed me to be my best, and I, I got to give them a big old shout out for that. Absolutely. Tell, tell me the strength coach at Eureka. He said his name was Matt. I didn't catch his last name. Friend. Friend. So yes, sir. let's explore that because I'm always interested in like with these occupations of like being a track coach or being a strength and conditioning coach. We don't grow up necessarily thinking those are career paths for us, right? We think about being a teacher, uh, you know, guys like you and I grew up thinking we're going to be firemen and cops and all that kind of thing too. And at some point in our lives, the switch flips from being an athlete and, and the coach telling us what to do to like, oh, wait a minute, like Matt Friend, he helps me in the weight room and, you know, prescribes what workouts to do. Wait, maybe I could be like, is that a job? Like I could be a strength and conditioning coach. Tell me more about that. Cause that's fascinates me of how, you know, what was it that he did, whether it was his mannerisms or his organization, or even pulling you under his wing and say, Hey, John Mark, like you could actually do my job. Tell me more about how you learned like, Oh man, strength and conditioning coach. That's an actual profession. So I walked in into Eureka, um, 
just for a visit, whatever. And everything was, you know, just an ordinary visit, right? You see the facilities, whatever. So it wasn't until the summer that I got an email from uh, Matt, Coach Friend, and um, said, here's your summer workouts. Like, here's how you do A, B, C, D thing. Here's the prescribed. I, I was like, you know, oh, okay. You know, I, I didn't think much about it until we got to campus, and I realized that was for athletic performance side for football, and I really got to see his program, especially in the spring, because the year I graduated high school was his first year at Eureka. So when I got into his second year, his second offseason, that's why I kind of learned, that, like, this is a job. This is something that, you know, someone like me that has this major in kinesiology can go do. Like, yeah, I can, I can, I can do this. And he really took interest in me because I think I had a little bit of good technique, but I have had really high interest in this. And he knew I studied kinesiology and he kind of was with me throughout a lot of the days, you know, I took care of my stuff. There was never a question of ac or academic performance where I was sunk over or, any or under anything like that. You know, I think he had my best interest in mind. And in 2017, he presented in the summer of 2017, he presented that he was going to take interns for Eureka College for their strength conditioning program. And I was one of the six that got to intern at Eureka College and was the first strength conditioning interns ever there. So um, I think he had my best interest in mind, but also I think I saw him as like, this is, I didn't know this was a job. I, I want to do that. And so it's kind of grew from there. When you got that internship and now you're doing some coaching side as well as learning how to coach strength and conditioning, did you just go full board? Like, did you kind of like, oh man, this is what I was put on earth for? Was it like an aha, the the clouds part type of moment of like, oh, this is it? Or was it more of like, oh, like this is a job, which means there's some not so fun parts to it? I mean, I'm very much a realist. I, I'm not going to sit there and think that everything's perfect and everything is just you know, uh, Peachy King and stuff like that. I mean, I've realized there's some things, there's probably some drawbacks to that job. But at the same time, I was like, you know, that that could be a career later on. And that's always been the kind of the back of my mind. It, it wasn't something that was like, you know, the heavens came down and this was, you know, this was it. But it was also something I was like, I'm going to keep this in the back of my mind because if something does not work out, I want to, I want to go ahead and do this. Um, but Lo and behold, now, you know, went through physical therapy and all that kind of thing with the education and went back into strength conditioning and uh, teaching. So it all works out. That's awesome. Well, tell us, how is it working out? What Tell us what you do now. What's the, the day job? And then what, how does strength and conditioning fit into that job that you do today for a career? So I'm at Bolivar Central High School, which is a very small school here in Tennessee, about 700-ish students there. Um, so I got hired on technically in June this summer, uh, to be a biology teacher and a football coach. And later on, got to add the head track coach job because they knew of my strength and conditioning background and stuff like that. And they knew I threw and, uh, ran a little bit in high school. So would you like to take on being head track coach and thinking later opportunities and everything like that? I was like, sure. Something great to put on my resume, and I can get kids stronger, get them faster, and we're just gonna see them on the track. You know, that's 
That's something that um, I wanted to take. It was it was a challenge. It's, it's like a challenge to me. I was like, I want, I want to see how far I can take this. Um, so that's basically what I do every single day, man. Like I got six periods of biology, 45 minutes a piece. Mm-hmm. And then my planning period is athletic development. Mm-hmm. So I'll go in the weight room with football. Now we've got softball in there getting ready for their season. Baseball's in there getting ready for their season. I got track after school getting ready for their season. Um, and that usually goes about 435-ish on the days so I got track. And uh, on Wednesdays and Fridays when I don't have track, um, goes to probably about 3, 3.30. So, yeah, that's, that's just a daily thing. It, what grade are you teaching biology? So, uh, sophomores. So yeah. 10th grade. Oh, man, that's a special time, man. They think they know high school because they've gone through their freshman year, but they still got two more years. They don't know what's about to happen to their lives. That's really cool. Well, John Mark, before we start moving over to this thing that you created, this uh, what's the positive word for monster? This monster, but positive that you created in the podcast. What else should we know about your career, passions up to this point of the uh, before we get into the podcast itself? So before I got into podcasting and really got heavy into strength conditioning, I did a lot of graphic artwork. So the graphic artwork that you see on these episodes and the fod and everything, that's all me. Like I, I do everything on the iPad. So like all the graphics and that you see that I promote and everything like that, I made it myself. Dude, you are. You showing me up. I thought I was some kind of professional podcaster, man. Unbelievable. Well, let's get into the part of the show here, the heavy training topic, and let's get into the podcast. Now, Uh, A lot of people out there want to start a podcast. A lot of people think they should start a podcast. I think they should. Uh, But equally a number, a lot of people never even get off the ground. Let's talk about the ground for you here, John Mark. Where did the idea of a podcast even come from? What are you thinking? What were you uh, hoping to even get started for a podcast? So it was the summer of 2022. And uh, I mean, I would just want to be different. You know, I want to be different in this industry. I wanted to be different in the aspect of I just don't want to talk about training on Twitter and, you know, go home, whatever. That's not that's not really what I want to do. I want and being a young coach, you have to make yourself different. And I just thought about it. I was like, well, I don't have the big level internships. I don't have, you know, the big experiences that other coaches have. What can I do to make myself different? So I came up with this idea of having the blog and the blog was supposed to be the conjugate chats and where I got my thoughts out and where I interview guests and I write a blog about them. And that's something that um, I did for a little bit. I did for probably about two weeks. And then um, after some time and some uh, convincing, you know, people's like, you should probably bring on the podcast. You should probably do a podcast. Um, the first person I interviewed was uh, George Sanchez. I don't know if anyone knows who that is. He's a 22-year-old strength coach, just graduated, and he's probably one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Um, and I got to shout out him because he's the one that really pushed for this. He's the one that started this thing off. Um, so I blogged him. I posted it out, and I thought it did him disservice because there was a lot of details that I left out. I mean, there were some um, answers that he gave that I couldn't just, you know, put all into words in the time frame that we had. And 
you know, in the, my mistake, I didn't record the audio version of it at the time because I didn't know Zoom could do that. So uh, I, I didn't record this episode and, then, you know, I never got to have that conversation back. And people have reached out and said, I would love to have your conversation. I would love to, to listen in on that. So after a little bit of convincing, um, I put on the podcast and I interviewed Monty Sparkman. And I did the same thing. I did the blog. And I did the podcast at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I went and did the blog and I posted the episode at the same time. And I saw that it did money a disservice to put on the blog and a lot more people tuned into the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it kind of grew from there. And I got to shout out Monty for, you know, him being on here and George for, um, you know, kicking this thing off and really helping me get this thing off the ground. Um, yeah, he's the one that's because I've had it in my head, and it's like I think I like to call this podcast, you know, the Conjugate Chats. And George is in there; he's like full sin. He's like, yeah, I love that, bro. That's awesome. And I mean, it's it's what it is now. Well, we're gonna find out why you named it that in one second, but I'm curious for the people that uh, nudged you along and encouraged you to go to the podcast route versus the blog. Why, why do you think? podcast versus, you know, there's a really strong, uh, specifically with Twitter strength and conditioning world, right? There's a lot of conversations back and forth, not always the most healthiest, but some really good ones, uh, iron chat or on Friday nights or whatever it is. That's a, it seems like there's some amazing conversations going on specifically in the strength and conditioning world. Why do you think they were nudging you towards podcasts? Did they think you were just a bad writer? I don't think I was a sudden as much of a bad writer, but like, I think it's more relevant in today's time. You know, people want to listen in on episodes. I think it's, if you want to call it mainstream, I guess is the best word you could put. It may be mainstream, but whatever. But like, even myself, I'm not a big reader. So I don't understand why I even wanted to do the blog because I wasn't a big reader. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I thought about it and it helps when you have people like Mike Boyle pushing you along saying, hey, you should probably do this. I don't know if he solved something or he was like, I like this kid and. You know, I want to push along because he came on season two and it was the opener for season two. But like, I, I, I mean, with people like that, I think I think that's what kind of helped push um, that aspect of the podcast. Well, props to you, because some people could and would dig their heels in like, no, no, I started this out as a blog come hell or high water, it's going to be a blog. Uh, so for you to be able to listen to others uh, and still understand that your real core value was not a blog or a podcast, it was about giving value to others. And so for you to be able to pivot over to the podcast, um, not everybody can do that, my friend. Uh, so bravo to you to actually seeing that and, and making the decision and continuing to, to go that route. Okay, this next question might put me out there a little bit. You know, I'm not a strength and conditioning guy here. So maybe this is a real dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I know someone, if I have the question, someone else out there right now also has this question. Why the name conjugate chats? I understand chat, that makes sense. What's conjugate have to do with uh, strength and conditioning? So the word conjugate actually means to bring together. So when you talk about conjugate style training, uh, it's bringing in things like dynamic effort, speed, agility, strength, power, whatever. So I thought the same ideology with this podcast, you know, bring in different coaches that have the same mission, which is basically improving, pushing the field of strength conditioning 
forward, whether that's collegiate, private sector, high school, middle school, whatever, it was to promote strength and conditioning and promote coaches that are doing well in the industry of strength and conditioning and pushing that narrative forward. Oh, I, I love that. I love that. it Because I like that it wasn't just, you know, the strength and conditioning podcast, or, and I'm sure I'm probably just offended someone who owns that podcast, I'm sure. But I love that it was more about, again, the idea of what the podcast was for, not anything specifically necessarily strength conditioning. It's like, oh no, I want to bring people together. You could have done conjugate chats for tennis or chess or whatever, whatever your passion was. And thank God it's around strength and conditioning. So, um, and as soon as you said conjugate was bringing two words together, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's exactly what a conjugate is. So that's, that's great, man. I love that. Very, very, very creative. Speaking of your creativity, you already told us about your graphic design. I mean, that is, I, I honestly, no, no kidding here, John Mark. I thought you had paid a professional designer. The, the, the uh, images that you put out for social media are, I mean, very well done. Uh, so I really thought you had paid someone to do that. So th to learn that you did that, that's very, very impressive. Uh, what about the, uh, the music? Like I, I, I uh, when I listen to your podcast, like I, I, I automatically want to pause it and go to the gym and work out. It's pretty high intensity. Now, if you tell me you created all that music, I'm just going to end it right here. There has to be some armor clink right here that you're not the perfect person in the world. Where, where does that music come from? And why did you choose that style? No. So the music actually comes from someone that's, I, I have their link in every single episode, right? It's from the website to where you can have free audio or free music of whatever you want. So um, the only thing they ask is that you put the link to their work and, you know, whatever you use. So in every single one of these episodes in season two, I shared uh, that link out to um, every single description. So, yeah, I don't make the own music. I don't make the music on there. I've tried on um, GarageBand on um, the MacBook. And it was terrible, so I was like, I got, I had to find something, you know, else that um, that works into these episodes. Now, the heavy metal aspect of it, I love heavy metal. That's something that I've, I've grown up on um, for a long time. I, I mean, I was listening to heavy metal when I was like eight or nine years old, and it just kept on kind of moving through. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like gym music. Like it's very, very heavy. It's um, it sets the tone for the rest of the episode because. And I've heard this from a couple of people that my episodes are not so much fluff, right? We get into the topic that we're talking about. So we're not really, well, you know, blah, 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 whatever. It's we're getting to straight to the aspect of the episode. You know, is that speed development? Is that um, programming? Is that, um, you know, whatever, you know, we get into the actual meat and potatoes of each episode. So that's kind of the thought process behind all that. I love it. And again, if you would have told me that you created that music, I'd have just thrown my hands up. But I do, of course, you you tried though. I love that. You're like, well, I'm gonna try to make the music first and foremost, man. Uh, your creativity is quite, quite amazing. So let's move to your guest that you have. You're an interview show, so the most important part is the guest and how you uh, ask the questions and keep on topic and go straight into those topics, the no fluff component that you mentioned. Uh, talk to me about the guest. Give us some example for maybe maybe there's someone that's listening for the first time right now and they haven't looked at your back library. Name some of the guests and their accolades. Like you've had some really first class people uh, on your podcast before talk to us a little bit about the the guests you've had so before i can talk about some of these guests that i've i've highlighted and going to highlight i gotta take it a step for or a step back so 
I posted a tweet out before I even recorded the first episode. I was like, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. Who are some guests that you want to hear from? And that blew up exponentially. So first of all, Monty Sparkman was probably the number one answer. And he's done, I think, five or six podcasts at this point. So he's been really, really awesome. He was a great person to talk to and someone that I really grown to appreciate over time because like I just saw him on Twitter and you know he he's I call him Twitter famous Molly um and you know he's more than just a, a Twitter account like he is a genuine great person mm-hmm. and you know and he could have been like no I don't want to do this or whatever but he took the time that episode that we recorded was like over two and a half hours. We sat there and talked and talked and talked. And it, it was awesome. Like it was it was just awesome to do it with him and to do that and just kick off basically the entire you know, the entirety of that podcast basically with him at the forefront. Um and then he comes back later on to guest host an episode, mm-hmm. which was incredible and you know, I told him and I told any of the guest hosts that been on this season, it's like, this is your show. You run it. Here's my template that I use, but this is your show. You run it the way that you think so. So I, I give them a lot of freedom. And, you know, the episode with um, Dalton Pearson was really great. He, Monty was a great person. He was a great host, you know, flowed really well, gave great insight, just natural at it. So um, big shout out to him. What about these guests that you've had? Again, you've had some really, uh, you know, first of all, every individual is amazing. So it doesn't matter where they work or how long they've worked or people they've coached, you know, what they do giving back to young people in the field of strength and conditioning is, uh, it's, it's immeasurable. The, the positive impact they make on young people is in what you do yourself, John Mark, is unmeasurable, so value, uh, so value added. We need that more with our young people, whether you're in high school or college. So, um, so every one of them are, are amazing. Has there been anyone where you nervous? Were you maybe nervous to even ask? Were you nervous to ask questions? Was like, oh man, this person's not gonna say yes to me. Yeah. Um, so season one, uh, I was really, really nervous and asking this one individual, and now you know, I think she's uh, awesome and she's really um, fond of me as a person now. Uh, Missy Mitchell Macbeth, I was super nervous to reach out to her because I always known her as a very serious person, you know, very direct and everything like that. And, you know, I was like, I don't know. She, you know, wants to be on the podcast with someone, you know, on my level that didn't know me and whatever. And, um, you know, she was gracious enough to be on the podcast. And eventually now, you know, Tim Kittering's episode where she's guest hosting. I mean, she was awesome, and you know, she uh, she's almost like a mentor to me as well because, like, you know, there's questions I ask every single day, and you know, she's always got an answer, and it's very insightful and very professional, and uh, I just gotta give her a big shout out as well because, you know, going from very, very, and I even told her before we recorded an episode, I was like, I just want to let you know, I'm very nervous right now. And she's like, oh, it's cool, you know, no worries. So it. So yeah, big shout out to her. 
I love that. I love the description of how y'all's relationship has grown from that, from not only actually having the podcast, but now almost in a mentor type role and you can ask her questions. And now it's like, what was I so nervous for? She's a regular person. She's awesome, but she's a regular person. When you think about that, because I think there's a lot of lessons from that, because you were at kind of a a crossroads, a fork in the road, if you will. Uh, You could have asked her to be on the podcast, which ultimately you did. You could have easily also not asked and no one would know. No one, no one would have be able to judge you because we wouldn't even know that you didn't ask. Now that you see the fork that you chose, you, you uh, asked her to be on the show and it went awesome. And now you have gained value because now you have a mentor and she has gained value because she got to express her values and uh, help uh, verbalize the things that she believes in. What lessons do you take from that? Do you think about that for other avenues, whether it's asking another quote unquote famous guest or other uh, thoughts in your own personal and career of, you know, jobs to apply for, things to do, et cetera? What, what kind of lessons maybe did you learn from that? I've learned to almost shoot your shot. You're not going to get an answer unless you ask. And the worst thing that people can say is no. The worst thing that people can say is no, I'm okay. Appreciate you. You know, and it's always the thought that counts, you know, whatever. And so um, I just learned that, you know, don't be afraid to step out of that comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That's something that is a big topic in strength and conditioning getting out of your comfort zone and something like that really did teach me to step out of my comfort zone. I could have been comfortable and said, you know, I'm going to wipe my hands off this podcast and you know, no one would have ever known, but you know, we took that step forward and you know, it turned out to be a great step forward and you know, something that I, I really enjoy doing now. So. Man, I, I love that for you. And I love that for the listeners who wouldn't have been able to hear her story if you hadn't taken that step out there, gotten uncomfortable and asked her. So uh, again, great job on d- just stepping out and doing it. And, and you probably have realized now, even people you maybe know real well, not everybody's going to say yes. Not every, This is not everybody's cup of tea to be on the podcast, right? Uh, but if you don't ask, you'll never know. <laughs> and they'll never know <laughs> as well. You brought this up, and this is a topic I'm extremely interested in as a podcast host of an interview show myself. Uh, these guest hosts. So in season two, you're kind of featuring this. Uh, you know, someone else comes along, and you you almost kind of become the assistant to the the host, and they interview someone else. Where did that idea come from? That's a really original. Like I was again another one of those where I was just like, man, I'm jealous. Of this guy, he, he's he's up one up me. This is a really cool format that helps us see the 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 story in a different light. Someone's asking a different types of questions from their own experiences. Where did that idea come from? So first of all, I like the uh, I don't know if you watched the office that office reference to the assistant to the guest host. I yeah. love the office. Come on, yes. So I, I really do appreciate that uh, almost that uh, you want to call it an Easter egg or uh, a reference back to the office. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like anything, this is probably a recurring thing that you've heard you know over and over now is uh, I posted on Twitter that I'm looking to have guest hosts um would anyone be interested and guess who reached out monty sparkman was one of the first ones to reach out so i was like yeah sure and then i had other people like dan mullins that reached out said hey whenever you want to do this i am game for it and so that came along and then um eventually met tim kinnering that him and missy were doing the conditioning cohort project 
And so I had Tim on and I, and I just kind of figured it's like, hey, Missy, do you want to do you want guest host? And she's like, yeah. So that came along. And I mean, it was just like one after the other. It's like, this is awesome. And I was thinking, it's like, well, people would enjoy a fresh voice. And, you know, Monty expressed to me a couple of times that, you know, I'm thinking about doing the podcast. I was like, well, if you're thinking about it, why don't you jump on here and do an episode? And if it's something that you want to do, you can go for it. Or right. if it's something that you don't want to do, you know, you, you know. So that's how that kind of started. That's very cool, man. I, I love that. I, lo- I, I love the idea of a fresh voice. And again, just a, a fresh experience. You know, Monty comes from a different experience than you do. So uh, the questions he might ask, or even if you ask the same you both asked the same question. His is going to come a little differently to the guest because they know his experience level versus your. It's that's such a great idea, a great idea. And I love that you were able to um, again give value there for Monty when he was like, "I'm thinking about doing a podcast." Well, okay, experiment with mine. Maybe you find out you absolutely hate it and you don't want to do your own, or maybe you find out like, "Oh yeah, this is." I absolutely need to be doing that. And now maybe Monty starts his own. And again, more value is given to the world, specifically the strength and conditioning world. So again, uh, selflessness from your side, because some people would be very uh, intimidated of like, oh, I don't want, I don't want Monty to start one. He's going to steal all of my listeners. Uh, instead, you had an abundance mindset of like, oh yeah, no, no, more podcasts are good. Well, I'll get more listeners because there's more good strength and conditioning podcast available uh, out there in the market. So bravo to you on that one. So speaking of guests, you know, we're both uh, guest oriented podcast hosts here. So we live and die on our guests. And um, maybe like you are maybe like me, maybe you have like a hit list of like, oh, man, these are the people I'd love to have them on the show one day. I'm going to kind of give you that um, that if you could have dinner with any three people living and dead type of scenario here, who are one you pick number one, two, three, just dream guest like and I'm talking about obviously you stay in your genre of maybe strength and strength and conditioning, but live or dead, who would be like, oh, man, the creme de la creme, if I could interview these people, who would that be on your list? So first and foremost, I would love to have and he's a great strength coach at FAU, Joey Garaccio. He has really killed it in his program at FAU and someone that, you know, I, I can always take a little bit of information from because he posts everything on social media. You know, he posts his speed stuff, his strength stuff. I mean, it's absolutely out there for everyone to judge and everyone out there to view. So I, I got to give him props. and I, I would love for him to come on sometime and express, you know, him and his work here at FAU. Uh, the other one is Pat Basil. Pat Basil has really killed it in the game of strength and conditioning lately. Um, or I shouldn't even say lately in the, in the last few years. Like, he's just, he's a great resource. He puts out great products. He great, he's just a great person all around. So just those two, I think, that are currently living are um, people that I would love to have on the show and have them express themselves and, you know, just talk, talk shot with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one would be Louis Simmons. And that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Louis Simmons. I, I would have loved to have him on here and just uh, talk shop. You know, uh, when I got into strength and conditioning, it was roughly about the time that he died. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, um, I, I wasn't really big into like the conjugate and the West side barbell stuff. Mm-hmm. But I got more into it after that event and then um, kind of learned more about that style of training and the mm-hmm. history of that. So 
Um, I would love to have him on here just to just kind of talk shop about some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. I had always heard about kind of the lore of West Side Barbell and the people and stuff that had come through there. And then uh, I saw the Netflix documentary on Louie and I was just like, oh, my, this guy, like he changed the world all based on his passion. Like it, it was very phenomenal. So I was wondering when you said, here's the two living, I was like, oh, man, he, he's got to go Louie. You got to go Louie on the, on the guy that's passed away. That would have been amazing. Well, John Mark, you're halfway through season two. I want you to put your prognosticator, your your fortune teller hat on. What does the future look like for Conjugate Chats? As you think about season three, five, 10, 20, who, who knows? We don't put a limit on ourselves, just like you don't in the gym, right? What do you think about the future of Conjugate Chats as a podcast? So I've got season three already lined up. Um, it's probably our <laughs> biggest season yet. Um, so usually I do 20 guests per or per season. Um, I'm looking to have 25, 30, uh, right now we've got 30 or I'm sorry, 25 guests already confirmed saying, yes, we're ready to go. I'm looking to have the 30 on there just to kind of make a nice clean number. Um, but it's a lot of people from, uh, especially collegiate and pro levels. Uh, I got some sports sciences on here. Um, we're kind of dabbling into hockey training, uh, people that specialize in hockey training. Um, we got people that are in the private sector and got people that are high school coaches, just a, a well verse lineup for mm -hmm. season three. You know, after that, I reevaluate at the end of each season. You know, I don't go from one season right to the other. I'll take a couple, maybe a couple weeks Mm -hmm. kind of reorganize myself and say, how can I make things better? So season three might look a little different than season two, but um, right now we're lining up for season three and getting through, you know, season two. And uh, I don't know what will happen after season three, but um, you know, it's, it's been awesome ride doing this thing and, you know, I, I hope it continues to grow. Well, tying those two things together, the dream guest and future seasons, what, and I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, what's stopping you? And maybe you already have, maybe, maybe I'm about to spoil some season three guests here, but what's stopping you from inviting a Pat Basil and uh, the FAU coach? What's, if they're your dream guests, what's stopping you from reaching out to them and inviting them on the podcast here? It's all about availability. Uh, you know, it may not work out the schedule that they can come on at a certain time or, you know, whatever the reason is. And, you know, if they say, nay, you know, uh, I'm okay, you know, maybe not this time, you know, that's mm -hmm. nothing personal to me. I say, like, okay, you know, it may be not everyone's cup of tea, mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's just availability, you know, maybe a later time I'll ask later, or maybe, yeah. you know, um, I, I have the, the courage to, work, you know, ask some of these people or whatever, but um, that's kind of, yeah, just availability, you know, not everyone's schedule falls in line just so perfectly. And that's one thing like I really liked about season one, season two, and now eventually season three to where everyone's schedule just kind of mm -hmm. falls in line. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have to nag or whatever for someone to come on. Um, it just kind of worked out the way that it did. It just naturally kind of flowed. So really got, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So, well, 
I encourage you, not only those two that you mentioned, but I know there's another list. You, you always, a good podcast host always have has a list in their head of other people uh, that they want to invite. I just encourage you to reach out. You've already done the hard part and that's starting the podcast, but also I think you deserve it, meaning you deserve these dream guests to be on your show and your audience, the strength and conditioning world deserve to hear from these people as well. So I just encourage you to, um, that there is nobody too big, too famous, too nervous for you to ask that you, you ask and in your, in your polite way, uh, cause, uh, uh, you know, that's always important, but that's, it's important for what you're doing in the community of strength and conditioning, that they hear from, uh, multiple voices that are in, uh, the strength and conditioning world. So just want to encourage you there for that. So you end each episode with a Conjugate Chats spotlight, and I was so excited. I wanted to participate in this. So you and I are going to spotlight someone that's either, you know, killing it right now or doing cool, or uh, you saw them post a cool tweet, uh, just someone to, to shout out in the strength and conditioning world. I've got one. You, you're going to have one. You, you want to go first or you want me to go first? You tell me. It's your show at the end of the day. <laughs> you can go ahead. Uh, right. You can go ahead and do yours. Awesome. So I want to give a spotlight. Uh, we're going to go back up to Illinois here uh, in Rochester, Illinois. There is a guy, a coach there named Andrew. I love his last name, McGeehee. There is not a vowel to be found. M-C-G-H-G-H-Y. Uh, Andrew had a podcast himself for a while. He's a track coach, strength and conditioning coach, football coach. He is really an amazing person really affecting young people in a positive manner. Um, he started out at the bottom on his podcast. I was his first guest, so it was only uphill after that. Uh, but he is doing a fantastic job in Rochester High School in Rochester, Illinois. So I just want to give a shout out. I don't know if, if Andrew, Andrew's going to be listening now, for sure. I'll make sure he listens to this podcast. But uh, Andrew, if you are listening, man, you are doing an amazing job. I love your heart for the sport and your even bigger heart and passion for the athletes that play and participate in the sports. And I know you really, really get it that you understand it's much, much bigger than winning games and setting PRs that it's life-changing for the athletes that you have come through your programs, man. So I'm just so proud of you and just want to spotlight Andrew McGee uh, in Rochester, Illinois. You want to talk about people that are really positive in the field of strength conditioning, uh, track and field, you know, just coaching in general, Andrew was one of them for me for podcasting because he reached out to me, I think midway through season one or uh, the tail end se- or tail end of season one begin season two was, hey, man, I really appreciate you from one podcaster to another. Keep doing it. Keep going. You know, just little comments like that really keep, you know, someone going. Yeah. So I really got to appreciate him for. Uh, reaching out for that one well you can't steal my spotlight so who do you got for a spotlight <laughs> so um i kind of mentioned them already i'll just kind of keep it as a collective whole i got a small group of coaches right now that really have pushed me to be better and pushed me to do things outside my comfort zone like the podcast here so people like george sanchez uh ethan crawford kyle jasek dan mullen steve rose um just so those people in particular, Will Johnson, Christian Van Buren, I mean, they have really pushed me to be better. Uh, people like Brandon Pig and Cody Hughes have really, you know, pushed me to learn more about strength and conditioning, you know, rather than the X's and the O's. Like, just really dive deep into it. Keep going. Keep learning. Keep doing what you're doing. 
stay the process, where you want to call it. They, I mean, those collective few people have easily made me a better coach within the last year and a half. I mean, I couldn't just give one pinpoint to a person. It's just been, it's like a community at this point. It's just those people over and over and over. Every time I have even a little bit of doubt, they're there to like just push me and say, mm-hmm. keep going, keep going, keep going. And so I really appreciate those people out there. You know, shout out to them that you named and even those that you didn't name because, you know, always being put on the spot, you're always going to forget someone. Uh, and so I want to kind of echo what they how they push and lift you up. And John Mark can tell you that there's kind of bad news to it. And the bad news is to it means, well, now you're on the hook, meaning it now it's your responsibility to uplift others, to push others and, and you're doing it. That's the good news. Uh, but with that praise and and pushing and, and mentorship from others means that you now have a gift to give away to others. And so I encourage you uh, that when someone gets asked this question, they go, you know what? John Mark Raspberry reached out to me. He didn't know me. He just reached out to me through Twitter and just really gave me some words of encouragement for a project I was working on, or I wanted to get into the uh, profession of, of strength and conditioning. And, uh, and now we've become friends and he's like a mentor to me. That That's now your responsibility because of those great men and women that you mentioned that have pushed and uplifted you. What's that term? With great power comes great responsibility. Well, that's what this all is, friend. With great positivity is great responsibility to give away that positivity. So John Mark, someone out there wants to get a hold of you. They want to re- give a recommendation They uh, for a guest. They want to uplift you. They just want to tell you, hey, uh, I learned a lot from your interview with so-and-so. What is the best way for someone to reach you, whether it's through Twitter, email? What, what's your preferred way for someone to reach out and, and uh, communicate with you? So probably the easiest way is through Twitter. Um, that's kind of my main source of communication between me and the other coaches. So you can follow me at Coach Raspberry, uh, obviously Coach, and Raspberry is R-A-S-B-E-R-R-Y, no P, not like the fruit. Um, so uh, that's probably the easiest way to do it on Twitter. If you want to do Instagram, it's the same way, but I probably have a better chance of responding on Twitter. So It's all one word, Coach Raspberry, not no dots, no dashes, no whatever's just Coach Correct. Raspberry. R-A-S-B-E-R-R-Y, not like the fruit. That's a good way. You probably said that for a few years of your a life, lot. haven't you? <laughs> a lot. Oh, John Mark, thank you so much, man. Thank you for being here on your own podcast. Uh, in the name of strength, it's really been my honor to have been your guest host today, uh, bringing you the listeners here of the Conjugate Chats, the host, Mr. John Mark Raspberry without a P. Uh, If you'd like to reach out to me for any podcast-related questions, I'm really a huge advocate for helping people literally find their voice through the modem of podcasting. So I can be reached. I'm kind of like Coach Raspberry here. I am a Twitter guy through and through. That's kind of where I live my life is on Twitter. So I can be reached very similar at just my name, Mike Cunningham. All one word, no dots, no dashes, all that kind of stuff. I'm on that thing. feels like 25-8. I'm on there all the time. So uh, please reach out to me if you have any questions for podcasting. And thank you for tuning in. Stay strong and have a day today.